Welcome back. I am Dale Lally. He is Matt Williamson. Mm-hmm. We're live on the drive. How about that? Live on the drive. Live on the drive. Yeah, yeah. As the Steelers uh, practice here uh, next to us at St. Vincent College. And, uh, Matt, I mentioned uh, uh, in the previous segment there at the end, um, you always like to play uh, – what if I put these guys out together yeah, or these guys out together? Right. I mean, mad scientists. With right, the, right, right. With the packages. Uh, I mentioned this because Tim Benz, uh, meant, uh, I was on with him last night on a, on a late show. and He was texting me yesterday, so now I have a hunch where you might be going with this. He was talking about some, some you know, they need, you know more 12. He'd 12 like see, personnel. He'd like to yep. see more 12 personnel. I think he said they played 12 personnel 16% of the time last I'm going to pull up my, my uh, Tim Benz uh, history here. He said – he went to sharp football, and he said yeah. uh, the Steelers ran out of 12 personnel only 16% of the there time. He yeah, said, does, I remember does that look right to you? And I said, yeah, it does. Well, he, he was wondering that because he looked at the snap counts for Zach Gentry and, and Fryermuth, and they were actually pretty close. I, saying, I think they're closer than people think. Yeah, like Gentry was just a, a little over 400 and some snaps, and, and Fryermuth was just over 500 snaps. Did Fryermuth play all 17 games? He missed a game. With I a, thought he missed one. With a concussion, yeah. Okay. yeah. And I know the last playoff game, Gentry outsnapped him too, but that wasn't in this equation. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's because so often last year when they were going to run the football, right? it was Gentry. Gentry was in the game. And Gentry's going to help the O-line yeah. more. You they know, were right, in 11 right. personnel, and they were going that, that's their main, mm-hmm. you know, the only two teams that ran more 11 than them were Cincinnati and, and Super Bowl the Rams. Teams. Right, yeah, right, the two yeah. teams that were in the Super Bowl. So I don't know. Doesn't leave much percent left over. I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing if the two teams that were in the Super Bowl were doing it. No, right, right, right. But you look at the personnel. mm -hmm. That's you know. He asked me about it. I said, "Well, you want to put your best personnel on the field." Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to ask Matt Williamson to put on his offensive coordinator hat, who are their best personnel in your eyes? That what? Which one gives opposing defensive coordinators the most fits? Real quick, though, I mean, just getting in Tim's head, and we've both done a lot of uh, well, radio with Benzie. <laughs> well, I, I get near his head. I don't go in. <laughs> but I bet he's sitting there thinking, well, I don't remember Fryermuth and Gentry having that close a snap count. You'd think Fryermuth out snap, but yeah. he's the better player. We he's all know that. Player, yeah. But if there's only a high percentage of a 11, and there's only, what do you, what do you say, 16% of 12 or 18% of 12, yeah. And we know we know Watt hardly played at all. It doesn't leave a lot of other options because right. they didn't run thirteen with three tight ends. There were some definitely four receiver sets though too. Yeah. Um, not to kill your drill because I think defense is more fun actually for this team. We can do that after this. I think it's pretty clear that their best five. Well, the difference between defense and offense is there's only five variables really, right. Right. as opposed to eleven. Not that T.J. Watt or Cam's leaving the field, but I really think it's Pickens and Deontay on the outside. Claypool on the slot. Fryermuth is an every down tight end, sometimes detached, sometimes in line. And Najee is your back. I mean, I would love to see one of the receivers, and there's several options, uh, including the draft pick, Miller, you know, all those dudes. And I think Gentry deserves snaps, but I think there's a gap after their top five. I do and too. Maybe and that's I, given Pickens a little too much credit already. Yeah. But I just think that I'd rather play against Gentry than Pickens. That's that's kind of what I told Tim. I'm like, yeah. you know, anytime that you're taking, you know, yeah, you could do more twelve personnel, but then you're mm-hmm. going to take one of those receivers off the field, mm-hmm. and that's a win for the defense. It's a win for the defense. Um, maybe uh, I, I feel like I'm anointing Claypool as the slot. 
but we haven't seen it, and I we think, don't know I that that'll be. I think plan is is more to, to, to you know when they break the huddle. I think their plan is who's the, the slot? slot is going to be somebody different. It's going to yeah, be different. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Claypool gets the most snaps there, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's going to be Johnson. Maybe sometimes it's going to be Pickens. Okay, uh, I don't think that they get. When I asked Deontay about that, you know, the earliest week, he said, "Look, we." It's no offense to the to the group that we had last year, right, right, right. Uh, but I think we're more diverse this year. I that, mean, I think Juju's only a slot. Yeah, you know, Raymond McLeod is most is certainly only, only, only a slot. A slot. Right. James Washington was basically only an outside Not a guy. Slot. Right. So when those Good guys, point. Are, those guys are on the field, and you're the you're the the defensive coordinator sitting up in the booth. You're watching us go. Okay, they're going to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, this this is what they, they this is the personnel they've got on the field. We, we've got this narrowed down now. Yeah, with this group. When they're in the huddle and you see Pickens and you see you know uh, Fryermuth's out there and you know, that 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 grouping that fives them yeah that fives them you don't know who the slot's going to be no and that's a good point because Claypool certainly can do Yeoman's work outside as well it's a good way of looking at it and I'm sure that was part of their thought process this off season is let's not pigeonhole where we're going to line up and boy it's showing out here in the last two practices too I mean. Yeah. Najee's out wide more. Najee might be in the slot once in a while. Yeah. Firemuth might be in the slot once in a while. I don't know. Gentry will be. But, you know, um, Miller might be out there in four receiver sets or, you know, uh, all those options. And I think Austin can or do somebody everything. Just, if somebody just ran, a, you know, two, two straight uh, go, go routes, routes um, you have that Austin option. Yeah. Whatever, right. And some defenses, you know, you look at and say, well, Mike Hilton's going to line up in the slot every snap. I know that if we're in there, if we can force them into nickel, and in this matchup, I want to get Claypool on Hilton. You know, I mean, I want to get a big versus little situation and throw him jump off. Here comes you know? uh, Mr. Pickens running at us now. There we go. So he's uh, he's he's had some buzz here. Uh, that's yeah. why I'm putting was, him on the field as he much was as possible. Zigging and zagging his way through the defense. He's a big dude. He's a big dude, and he's a little shiftier than he's you shifty, think. Too. Yeah, he's got loose hips, and yeah, yeah. I always think of him as more of a. Outside the numbers only. I mean, that's not what he is. I mean, I think he is. I've been hesitant to say this because I just said it on Stan show. I think he has a chance to be one of the best receivers in the league. Not like, oh, he's a pretty good player. I, I mean, I really think he has a chance to be one of the best receivers in the league. And the little I've seen of him live has not changed that opinion whatsoever. Um, I will say, though, if by chance, you know, they're looking for a slot or the Deontay Claypool Pickens whatever you know slot situation doesn't exactly go as planned. We might see more twelve personnel. You know, I mean, Gentry's useful. He's he's a yeah. legitimate and if, like last year at this time we would not have said that. Exactly, one hundred percent. Yeah, you know, he was closer to not making the team as to being the. Yeah, you're like okay, can they find the somebody bench? to replace Gentry? I, you know, I think he's done a nice job of uh, of resculpting his body mm-hmm. and 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 you know, kind of reinventing himself as a blocking tight end. That was certainly – I mean, he went to college as a quarterback. Right. Big, tall, yeah. giant quarterback, obviously. Um, and, and, you know, so did Heath Miller. Heath Miller made that transition as well. From, That's from, not uncommon. Right, yeah. Because they understand what the quarterback's looking at, how to sit down in zones, read coverage on the fly, similar body types. But they weren't asking know. to block a whole lot at Michigan. Well, they, except you don't do any blocking. Yeah. I mean, obviously, as your former profession. Um, I'm sitting here thinking, though, like, if I'm playing the Browns, Gentry's going to play a lot of snaps, and he's going to be on Miles Garrett's side. Yeah, you know, I mean, just the, way, the same way Watt gets yeah. treated. Or I mean, if I'm playing the Steelers, 
I would put Gentry on Watt's side yeah. a lot, and he might even out-snap Fryermuth that game. You know, an elite edge rusher changes the opinion a little bit. But then you can make Fryermuth your slot in, in a lot of situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the beauty of, uh, of him. I mean, he runs well enough yeah. that, you know, he can, he, you, you could put a, a WR next to his name and it mm-hmm. wouldn't be, you know, that big of a deal. Um, and we talk about this a lot. I mean, this is a big reason people script plays is, I don't know, I don't, even, I don't have their schedule in front of me, but week five, you trot out there on first and 10 and 12 personnel, and you get base. You know, someone plays their base 4-3 or 3-4. Well, you might detach Fryermuth like crazy then. Yeah. You know, if they're going to play nickel, well, we're going to line them up big, and we're going to hit you hard with Harris behind Gentry in a, you know, a big formation. Yeah, to, to use your, you know, if you're playing the Bengals and Mike, you know Mike Hilton's their slot. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you know he's a great player, yeah. but I'm still going to attack gonna, his weaknesses. I'm going to get him out there and I want him matched up on the six foot five tight end. Or Claypool. Or Claypool. Right, or right. Pickens. I want him on one of those big guys mm-hmm. and force him to. Even Pickens, like you said. Yeah. Is he going to press press Pickens at the line of scrimmage, even from a slot position? Right. Or, you know. Or even down in the in the red zone, and Pickens might just post them right up. Now, know? if it, if the opposing team has a safety that comes down, okay, that's maybe, the beauty of the Dax Hills of the world. Yeah, they maybe I won't use right. Fryermuth as much in the you know mm-hmm. as, as the slot, but maybe then I want the shifty guy. Mm-hmm. Which I flipping things over is why I might think we might see more of Minka in the slot here and there. I always think about the Ravens. Like I want him on Andrews every snap. And yeah, make him go anywhere but him. You know what yeah. I mean? I think that'd be a great way to play them. Yeah, it's Especially on throwing it's, down. it's certainly interesting, and I know they've also once again gone with a, a, a little two-back offense here as well with, mm-hmm. with Najee Harris and whether it be Anthony McFarland, whether it be uh, uh, the new kid that they signed, uh, McKin- why am I? Uh, McNichols. McNichols. Yeah. Um, so I don't think this team fits that so well, and – over my career of watching the NFL, every year you hear about, oh, we're going to try two back. And it rarely works yeah. because only one of them can carry the ball. But I look at, like, the Packers and think, well, they just traded Devontae Adams. Their tight ends are okay. They're looking for receivers. Besides Aaron Rodgers, other skill guys, clearly Dylan and Aaron Jones are their most talented players. Yeah. And if the Steelers had Aaron Jones or – 80% of Aaron Jones. That's yeah. the problem is I, I don't think any of the dudes we're, we're talking about have proven to deserve snaps over even Anthony Miller, let alone Gentry, let alone That's Pickens. the problem. You know we're what I mean? That, you know, are, you, right. are you doing the defense a favor? Like guy thought putting Ray-Ray McLeod on the field was a favor to the defense. Yeah. You know, I, I want him on the field. way too much last year. Yeah. So if they did have a back that was a pseudo Aaron Jones, Okay, you know, that you could put two guys in the backfield and you would assume you'll get base there. I mean, if it's just 21 personnel, two backs, even if one's not a fullback, tight end and two receivers, you should get base uh, at least a high percentage of the time. I mean, the, the, unless you're playing the Bills. I say the Bills will yeah. have nickel, but um, and some teams will beg you to run. And you should be able to run. I mean, you would think an A.J. Dillon or a Najee Harris could block a little bit when called upon, you know, or – you know, run quarterback runs out of those things, too. Yeah. You know, I mean, have two of those guys blocking for you. So, uh, I do think th- I really like their receiver room. I really like their top two tight ends for this exercise. But I don't see a back that makes a ton of sense to do that with. And yeah. I know they flirted with McFarland last year, jet sweeps and on the field together. He could get there in my eyes, but he hasn't. Gained my trust. I've got yet, less of a know? problem with him running a jet sweep than I do Ray Ray McLeod. 
Yes. He's a bigger, sturdier he's a bigger, body. Yeah, he, and, and he's right. and he's that's what he does. He runs with the and football. He's better. He's a yeah. running back. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. That's a good point. Yeah, again, McLeod to me was too easy to play against. Yeah, yeah he's not a diverse route runner. He doesn't break a tackle. That was part of the problem with their offense to me last year was that everything was kind of you had to tip your hand too much. Yeah, of what you were going to do. Mm-hmm. Oh, here comes Zach Gentry on the field. Well, they're probably going to run the they're ball. They're probably going to run the ball. Yeah, yeah. and now Moose on the field. Okay, they're probably going to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've read some, you know, uh, off-season tendencies, and their tendencies were easier to read than most offenses. Yeah. you know, based on personnel. And you don't want to be in that spot, you know. I mean, that's definitely not ideal. Um, I forget where I was going with that, though. It's some little tidbit, but whatever. Yeah, it'll come it'll back come to, to us in the yeah. next month. It'll come to you. We've, we're we're going to be here for the next two hours. So. <laughs> I'm sure I'll see him walk by. I'm like, oh, I want to talk yeah, about yeah, him. Yeah, we'll right, talk about right. that guy. Um, yeah, I see, you see Minka Fitzpatrick standing back here behind the defense. He's still... Oh, if the tackles struggle, though, that puts a wrench in your plans. True. You know what True. I mean? If the tackles are a liability... Either got to keep Najee to the the liability side, or Gentry gets more snaps, or you know, so, or or all of a sudden you have to become a quick hitting team. So, or if you know, I mean, this is a possibility too because well, guys are allowed to get better. Mm-hmm. I don't know the Friar Moose ever going to be a great blocking tight end, but if he'll be better this year. But if he's be- yeah, if he's just an average blocking tight mm-hmm. end, I bet he gets there. I bet he gets there. Yeah, yeah. So, by today's NFL standards, he's right. not going to be Mark Bruner. You know what I mean? Yeah, even if it's just getting in the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, he's going to do more than Ebron. And, yeah. You know, those type of guys. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. I mean, he's going to at least be hard to play against a little, you know. Yeah. So, he's not He's not yeah. a stiff or he's not weak and, you know, he's not uh, a finesse player. Right. That's just that's the next part of his game. He mm-hmm. just wasn't asked to do it in college. Mm-hmm. Remember when he sat down with us in, in minicamp too? And he had a really surprising answer to this question. I think it was you that asked him, you know, what would you have changed from your rookie year? What have you? What did you learn? And he said, I'd lift him more weights. Yeah. You know, I would have I would have stayed stronger, thicker, you know, throughout the course of the year, not only to hand the rig, the rigors of the pounding, but to dish it out more. You know, like yeah, you won't be able to right, right. I'm sure you don't want to get in the weight room on Monday or Tuesday after a hard game, but you know, there's something to be said for that, and it's the first year doing it. Yeah, I think there's a learning curve there for all these guys, and and so that's the that's the other thing about this offense. It's so damn young. So damn young, right? That these guys are going to grow and grow together. And, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I mean, just because they were something last year doesn't mean that's what they're going to be this year. Because I don't think it's going to even resemble it, except I, for the colors of the jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there'll be some similar players, yeah. but I don't think it's going to look at all alike. I know Tim was talking about, uh, I guess, the uh, over-under for Deontay Johnson's catch catches this year is 90. Wow. And the over-under for his touchdowns is five. I'm like, I'd go over on both of those. Yeah. 90 catches is only averaging five a game. Right, right, right. I mean, he gets like 11 targets a game throughout yeah. his career. I, I don't, I don't think and that that's might go going, down a little. I don't see it changing dramatically, though. Right. And that's where he was going with it. I said, look, he's, he's the most targeted guy on this team because – He's the guy that's always open. He's like the most, like the third most targeted guy in the league in over the last three years. It's like Devontae right. Adams and him, you know. And, like, and, I mean, and that includes his time in 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 his rookie year with, oh yeah, yeah, with Rudolph and and, and you know he was yeah. catching. He led the team in catches that year mm-hmm. because he gets open. I mean, I have this goofy theory about over under um, prop bets that. It, Always take I, all the unders. Yeah. yeah. If I had eight gazillion dollars, I'd just bet every under, and I think I'd win because every injury w- gives me a win, you know, let alone the yeah. guys that underachieve. But 
assuming health and he plays 17 games, not 16, Well, that's 17, the thing. Last right, year he right. only played 16 games mm-hmm. and he had 107 catches. Mm-hmm. So you think he's going to average one fewer catch per game, more than one fewer catch more per than, game. More than, right, yeah. when you really figure it out. Right. Probably not. Five touchdowns doesn't seem crazy, but I'd still go over. I mean, he had eight last year. Mm-hmm. He had seven a year before that. I just think Fryermuth and Pickens are going to get – a lot of targets in the tight area. That's fine, yeah. but you know he's still the guy. Like he he's showed still a quick last separator. year, right? Yeah, he separates down the sideline. You mm-hmm. know he can get behind a corner. Like he gets open. That's yeah, the yeah. thing about that's the beauty of him. He does that better than anybody else in the team. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen Pickens have to do it yet. Maybe he'll be just as good. That, that's that's part of my reservation. Yeah. Is not a knock on Deontay. It's if Pickens is as good as I think, he's going to have to eat into somebody's target. To, you, yeah. uh, you know, you know. I mean. Uh, if you're on the six-yard line and he runs well, a slant. Well, I mean, you know, you know? The, the way they split that up last year, Ray-Ray McLeod had way Well, too those many. ones are all for the taking, yeah. you know. And um, he had way too much attention, snaps, targets, all the above. Um, I mean, I hope Miller has some. I, I, I think uh, I figured this out Austin in the offseason, how, you know? how many catches they, they lost in the offseason. It was like. It was like 90 catches that they get to replace, something along okay. those lines. I know Roto World, now they're called NBC Sports or whatever. They do a really good, really good job of tracking available targets and available rushes from the year before. Yeah. Um, I don't know where the – I haven't checked it out of where the Steelers are, are on that list. Because you remember – But you they'd be low on the available you got to remember uh, James Washington had a decent and number McLeod. of catches. So right, if you right. had – you take McLeod and Washington – and Ebron. Ebron and Juju Smith-Schuster's catches mm-hmm. out of the equation. Okay, now you, 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 know, yeah, yeah. you probably got you – know, you're looking at – I think it was it was right around 90 catches total, overall. For I was going to guess like 150 targets or maybe yeah. 100 and a quarter or something so, like that because Juju missed a lot of time. Yeah, so there's there's a possibility for, you know, for him to – Yeah. And I think they're going to be more quality targets, so – I mean, I expect more first downs this year. I don't know if yeah. they'll run more plays in general because, I mean, I do think there'll be some growing pains. Yeah, that will be the that will be the big – they did run a lot of plays last mm-hmm, year mm-hmm. because they had a lot of three and outs. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. And, you know, if you if you have seven or eight possessions in every in the first half of every game mm-hmm. as opposed to the five that, that you, you know, might And get. if you throw a lot, you're going to have – the clock's going to stop more often, and over the course of the game or over the course of a year, you're going to get more plays too. Yeah. You know. But I think there are there, there are there's still enough there to go around without question my, without putting a dent in Deontay's I think yeah. is your original and because uh, I don't know that Claypool is going to necessarily get more targets than what he had last year he'd have to earn them he'd like have to he earn didn't them. it's yeah. not like he's banging down the door but to it wasn't get like more. he wasn't targeted last year he still averaged right. he's still at like six a game mm-hmm. like I still think that's I mean I don't know the Pickens even as high as I am on him gets six a game. Yeah, I don't know any rookie. I mean, rookie receivers getting six games is a lot. That would be a lot. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah, unless you're in a Drake London might. Now maybe you know, you know maybe Deontay doesn't get eleven targets a game. Maybe he gets ten, nine and a half. Or, yeah. yeah, right, right, right. But yeah. he's, that still adds up to a lot of catches. It does. I mean, we have to assume health. I mean, you can't just look at it. Like, yeah. Well, if he misses a month, he, I get that. Uh, yeah. I mean, we know that part. Absolutely. Right, right, right. But we're setting lines in July. You know. <laughs> <laughs> we will look at the defensive side. Curious what Austin's number will be when it's all said and done. I, I, I have no clue. I don't know either. Yeah, no I, clue. I don't know either. I don't know what. Again, it's it's going to be. What does he deserve? Mm-hmm. And are they, who's you know, ahead of him? Yeah, that's I mean, the there thing. There to be really good guys ahead of him. Yeah, you know, and when he's out there, he makes an impact, but just doesn't get a lot of. You know, is he, a you know, is he a one or two touch a game mm-hmm. guy? And then right, right. That's on a jet sweep, or that's on a, you know, a, 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 a shovel pass or mm-hmm. something like that, and they just let him go run. I mean, I'm really getting ahead of things, but if Austin and Pickens blow their doors off here in camp. 
maybe that changes your contract conversation with Deontay, you know, I mean, just for yeah. future years, you know. Just yeah, perhaps. Uh, but we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk defense right after this. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. You're listening to the official voice of Black and Gold Nation, SNR. This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the Black and Gold, SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. And, Matt, uh, we, we talked a little bit about offensive packages there yeah. in the previous segment. Let's talk a little defense now. And I think this is fascinating. I think it's a better conversation for this particular team because yeah. there's five offensive dudes and then there's the others. And yeah. Gentry's the sixth to me, but he's a certain skill set, you know. Yeah. He's not a dangerous playmaker. Yeah. And it could be, maybe, you know, maybe Calvin Austin or, or mm-hmm. Anthony Miller or somebody like right, that. Right, right, right pushes their way into that conversation, but they're not there right now. Not there now. And you hope one of them emerges, or McFarland, or you know, whoever. Or somebody's not even on the team. I don't know. You know. But defensively. So let me throw this at you, because okay. I keep referencing this hit I just did with Stan Saverin. He, I guess he's been asking his listeners, you know, who's the, I forget how he phrased it, who's the most important new stealer? And uh, of all the new players this year, which one, outside of quarterback, must perform their best. And he prefaced it and he said, Matt, I think it's James Daniels. And I said, I think that's great, but I'm pretty confident that he'll perform well. Yeah. And and I countered with, what about Mason Cole? You know, offensive line's a worrisome spot. Um, if he performs his best is how he phrased it, he'll be in pretty good shape on the O-line. If, I mean, if he's a pretty good center. What about Larry Ogunjobi? And he said Ogunjobi's been getting a lot of votes. And I said, they're all good calls. I get it. I'm going Miles Jack, though, and here's why, and it goes to your conversation, is we talked about this yesterday or the day before. I like their defensive backfield. I see one star in their defensive backfield, and that's Minka, of course, but I see a lot of depth. I mean, if Norwood, who I'm fond of, is their eighth best defensive back or whatever, and this is really a KZ comment, is if they, they go six deep with Witherspoon, Wallace, Sutton, KZ, and the two starting safeties, Edmonds and Fitzpatrick. My hunch is they play more dime this year. That's what I'm thinking as well. Yeah. Which then means Miles Jack was my answer to Stan's question because Bush is off the field. You got a four man front, one true linebacker, and six defensive backs. So in order to pull that off, that one linebacker better be pretty darn good. Assignment sound good communicator, able to play the run, but also, you know, cover as well. So I went with Jack, and I think he's an upgrade over Schobert. I think, you know, that package I also threw out there is also good insurance if Bush doesn't step up, that they haven't had a high-end linebacker for a little while now. Yeah, I mean, I think he can be that guy. And, again, yeah. I don't look at what he did Last year, I think last year's a bit of a throwaway, don't you? I don't look at what anybody did last year in Jacksonville right. and, and try to judge. Do we all think Trevor Lawrence thinks now all of a sudden? Right, you, you know. So I mean, that was a dismal, dysfunctional situation. Completely dysfunctional. Yeah, I, I think. And the interesting thing is, you know, I think it's it, it can be three safeties and three corners on the field. Yeah, right, right, right. You know, and, and three of them be, can play the slot. It might those might be among your best eleven. Uh, that's kind of where I was going with yeah. that. I mean, I I really think. 
and, and I'm talking on both sides of my mouth, though, but I like their D-line room, too. You right. know, six or seven of those guys that, you know, I mean, it, would it be terrible for a Lulu to be on the bench with Cam Hayward next to Leal, you know, or and Highsmith and Watt as your edges? You know, I mean, I, I think there's a few constants that I think – of those 11, you know, like in the 11 offensive, there's really only five to talk about. And if Harris never leaves the field, there's only four. And yeah. if Deontay never leaves the field, there's three. You know, like yeah. pretty soon they dry up. But I think Watt and Highsmith are always going to be your edge players. Maybe there's a goal line package where Leal lines up out there. You know, and I could see that if you're really beefy. Um, I think Jack's always going to be pretty much on the second level. Minka's always going to be on the field. A couple of the D-backs you can count on. Cam's going to be factoring in there somewhere. But there's a lot of other options on this side of the ball. Yeah, and, and you, know? you know, it can be very dependent upon who you're playing. Ra- or Ravens versus Bengals is as strong an example yeah. as anyone can cite or, in any yeah, division. Bengals versus Browns. Or Browns, you know? right, especially if Brissett's in the game. Yeah. You know, right. So I like their versatility on that side of the ball in terms of personnel packages, in terms of rotating. I always said this, you know, like when I was a pit, Akron, I was always so jealous of the Bamas of the world that had hockey lines on the D-line. You know, I'm like, that is the unbelievable. To me, that separates the few elite college programs yeah. And there's from the not others. much drop-off. You know, no. From, from, I mean, one's a year younger, but he's yeah. going to be a first-round pick, too. <laughs> you know, he's just learning, so he's the backup. He has to wait for Barmore to move on or whatever, or, you know, Quentin Williams to move on. Or Will Anderson gets stuck behind some stud, and then he's the best player in the country, you know. <laughs> and that all comes down to recruiting, of course. But And I'm not saying the Steelers' D-line is Bama's D-line, but if you can keep Cam fresh and play 75% of the snaps, and Alulu plays 30, and Ogunjobi plays 70, and Leal plays 15, and Loudermilk plays 20, and I'm not sure if they all add up. You know, I'm just saying, yeah. like, I think freshness and bringing guys off the bench in that defensive front is really enticing this year. Well, that's, you know, much like everything. Uh, fans, and there's no Davis brothers involved. Yeah, and, fans, you know, those guys, right? they, they need to just cut Chris Wormley or Trey. Like, no. No. He got no. seven sacks last year. There's value there. I mean, I think he's probably the least flashy and least exciting of that group because some of them are young and you're, you're excited but about the But he's an hour. NFL player. Yeah. I mean, at <laughs> worst, I think he's an inning eater. I mean, he's the yeah. – He's that veteran starting pitcher with a four and a half ERA. That, not going to go out there and embarrass you, right? <laughs> Gets a lot Blown of millions the, every yeah. year, and right, you know, it's not your best starter, but he goes out there and gives you meaningful snaps. While because one thing that a, doesn't happen, you know, is that offensive lines don't. That's they're my on point. the field sixty, seventy snaps, right? Where if you're rolling constantly rolling defensive linemen out there at them, those defensive linemen are fresh. The offensive linemen, you know. In, in the fourth quarter, has already played 50-plus snaps. And, you know, if Cam Hayward's only played 30, well, that's a big deal, you know. Exactly. I want Cam to play less because he'll be even better. You know, and I think that you won't have as big a drop-off as you used to. And even situationally, I mean, I, I think the Liao draft pick is extremely fascinating. And he may be – there might be games he doesn't play at all. But there might be some he plays 20% of the snaps just because the guy in front of him is a good matchup for him. Or – um, Joel Batonio is a great guard, okay? But if he has to block over the course of a 65-snap game, he's got to block Alulu, Cam, Loudermilk, and Liao, and Wormley. One of them's going to have something he doesn't like. You yeah. know what I mean? Whatever it is. I mean, he could be John Hanna. It does, I mean, one of them is going to be his least favorite matchup. 
Cam, of course, Probably would be that guy. Cam, yeah. But the others, maybe the others are the better example. Those other four. And you're like, well, Liao's starting to beat him with his swim move, his rip move, whatever yeah. it is. We start to get a little tired. And he gets a little tired and a little bit of an, exp- you know, something gets exposed. And it's a heck of a lot. Of, I mean, a great pitcher, there's probably someone in the lineup he doesn't like facing. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? It, whether it's a great hitter or not, there's somebody that gives him a little more trouble than he should. I, I think with Minka out right now, dealing with that wrist injury, mm-hmm. um, they get a chance to, to take a, a good, long look at KZ yeah. at free safety. And he doesn't have to be Minka. But if he can just be trustworthy, yeah, so that I can sneak Minka down to guard, I can Andrews play all three of those or, guys right. at the same time, and now all of a sudden Minka's my slot corner at times. Mm-hmm. It's just like your conversation last segment about, yeah, it's great that the you know that we you've good offensive players, but if I know where they're going to line up every snap, it's a little easier to game plan for them. Yeah. And Minka's the best free safety in the league, but if he if there's ten snaps a game where he doesn't line up in the deep middle, yeah. It's just not, one more wrinkle. It's the Troy Polamalu conversation. Yeah, he, right, right, okay, right. Where is he going to be at on this play? Yeah, right, right, right. Now, that was the great. That was the great. They could line up with everybody else in the same spots mm-hmm. in those days. But forty-three is we got to find. Well, when, when Carson Palmer walks up to the line of scrimmage, he's going to find forty-three. Okay, he's over here. But then when the ball snapped, he might be over there. Mm-hmm. And know, what's that mean for the yeah. the opposite weak side linebacker? Well, he has a different responsibility if Troy's here, and you know, on and on. I'm going to throw away, throw away do, from right. this, you know, from this guy. Okay, well, the play was meant to go in that direction. Now I got to check out of that play mm-hmm. and into something else. That play wasn't quite what we wanted here. Yeah, you know, there's there's all kinds of things that you can do there just to cause a little bit of havoc. It's just a hunch that I think you'll see Minka near the line of scrimmage a little bit. Well, they did that early last year. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of got away from it because, well, they were they were struggling with some stuff. And they, yeah, right, right. And know. he's a great eraser. I mean, he's a, a wonderful he safety on the blanket back, end back there, right? And, yeah, yeah. To, to make sure guys got on the ground and mm-hmm. things of that nature. And people, well, Minka's not having as good a year. Well, they they were asking him to do some different things. And I'm not suggesting KZ's the next Palomalu, but having that slot safety versatility. He's, a, he's been a longtime starter, and he makes plays. And yeah. I think he's going to be reliable. You know, if he can make some more plays than Edmonds does, which I expect him to do on a personal basis. He has basis. over the course of his career. Yeah, and um, has more third-level potential than Edmonds. And, and Edmonds can handle that, too. But it just gives if he could be a true free once in a while. You know, I'm sure whenever Joe Burrow sees that, he's going to throw a slant to Jamar Chase in that neighborhood where they wouldn't have when Minka's there. But Minka might be crashing off the edge and hits him in the face first, you know, yeah. because he didn't see it coming. Or, you know, I'm just throwing out or some Minka examples. Or Minka reads it and, right, and right, drops right. Into, that, into that spot. I mean, right, I right, right. I mean, he's... Or they bracket yeah. chase because Minka's locking down Boyd or you know, whoever yeah. it is. You know right. what I mean? You know, there, there's other ramifications and uh, consequences after that. You I know? really think that KZ signing is kind of underrated. Really underrated. I mean, they, they slid that cheap too. slid that in right after the uh, right after the draft, and it's yeah. like, oh, hey, by the way, we we signed Demonte KZ. It's like, yeah, you knew you knew they had been talking to him earlier in the in the process, mm-hmm. and I think to to you know our point with okay, maybe they were looking at a Daxton Hill in the first round or something like that right. as, as a fallback option. Well, then they didn't get that. So, okay, we'll, we'll take KZ and mm-hmm. add another. Is he as talented as Dax Hill? Is he as tall as Dax Hill? Of course not. But I have NFL tape of him, too. Right. We're, <laughs> we're, we're adding a varsity player to the roster here mm-hmm. on the cheap. There was a year he was with Atlanta where half the year they asked him to be a true slot, almost play after play. And then the other half of the year, and I forget who got hurt, and I get to go back and look at my notes, he played deep middle. 
You know, I mean, that year he played 50% of slot, 50% of deep middle. There's just not a lot of players in the league that can do both. What and, was he the best in the league yeah. at either? No, but that's okay. What he's not is a strong safety. He, I don't see him as competition for no. Terrell Edmonds. I don't either, but I'd be shocked if Edmonds still plays 95% of the snaps like he did. Yeah. And that might go to 75. It, there could be some situations. It's, it's third and, and 19. Edmonds off the field. Let's maybe. get a, let's get another cover guy. In the mm-hmm. field. Yeah. Maybe Norwood's out there, or yeah. you know, a, a fourth corner, or whatever. Yeah, but he's got options. I mean, Edmonds' snap count is nowhere to go but down. So this isn't a profound statement, and I don't think they're down on him. I just don't know that he'll be out there every snap still, because there's more options. There's just so many more yeah. options. I, I, mean, I think the depth there is is again they they lost one guy mm-hmm. in the secondary, but they they added what three Wallace. KZ. Maybe two. Didn't draft one, right? They didn't draft one. Right, right, right. Okay. So you added two. You lost one, you added two. And I still think Norwood's improving. Yeah. You know. You lost one, you added two. Much like the offensive line. Right. You lost one, but you added added two. Yeah. Do you still think there's any chance Joe Hayden ends up on this team? I don't think that happens at this point. I I think he'd have to take a leave his ego at the door. Somebody, I think if there were, they had an injury, I think that would be something. We call him tomorrow, I think. Yeah. I mean, if heaven forbid Weatherspoon or Wallace or Sutton gets hurt, I think you call him tomorrow. Yeah. But it gets a little crowded. Like, and I don't, Joe's would, not going to play just to play, even I, though he's. And you can't guarantee him a starting job. Yeah. I mean, you'd love to have him in the building, but the, is it an Ingram situation? That's a bad example because one was a great yeah. stealer and one was a, ba- a bad stealer, <laughs> you know, attitude-wise, where, hey, I want to play, you know, yeah. and I've deserved it. I've had a great career. I know, I know the system. I know the, that's the mm-hmm. coaching staff. I know the guys around me. There is value to getting even sign, great They could sign him three days before the season starts. Right, and he could line up at left corner yeah. all day long and be fine, yeah. assuming he's in shape. Which Speaking of which, Ike Taylor. Did, saw Ike Taylor then. Ike Taylor looks like he did when he was a rookie. Which is – an impressive-looking corner, by the way. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> by any but he standard. still looks like he's 23, 24 years old. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Long and in shape. Yeah. And right, right, right. It's amazing. Some, some guys just have good genes. They sure do. You and I are not among them. <laughs> they sure aren't. I mean, I can't say, cite this example enough. That year of the Browns, oh, I was talking about the year of the Browns, getting on the treadmill and I'm struggling along and walking and maybe jogging. And then Paul Warfield, who's 30 years older than me, gets on and full sprint as he's chatting to somebody next to him. I'm like, holy cow. Yeah, it's a different uh, different. <laughs> Different animal than you. Yes. Uh, yeah. We should not as be in the same building on the same treadmill. Dudes, right? Yeah, 100%. Um, and people um, should never forget that. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take another break. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. Steelers uh, finishing up their uh, their afternoon session. The sun is out. They're getting a little bit of heat today. Yes, it's a little toasty all of a sudden. Starting to clear the field here of the uh, fans, uh, the uh, VIP fans. So that means they've probably got about maybe one and a half sessions left mm-hmm. here in practice. So, uh, we'll come back to finish that off when we return uh, here on The Drive, live from Chuck Knoll Field at St. Vincent College on Steelers Nation Radio. Black and gold football lives here 24-7. You're listening to SNR. This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Just watching uh, Calvin Austin the third uh, take a little uh, jet sweep action there, and he zig- can scoot, man. Zigzag his way down the sideline there. Now again, the defense. This is I, advantageous. For I him. don't right, know that right. the defense is uh, 
they're not going to knock him into next week. No, right. And even if they have that shot, then that's not what's going to happen here. But uh, and, and I'm going to just blow smoke up. Yeah, you know, be all positive here. The, the first time I saw him in person, I went. He's even smaller than I thought. I mean, he, I mean, I knew he was little. I saw his combine numbers, and they don't lie. He's a very little NFL player. Yes. Boy, is he explosive, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's and he's not just straight line explosive. He is loose hipped and uh, change of direction and vision. And when he opens it up, he goes, man. I mean, so he, he he's listed at five nine and one hundred and sixty two pounds. Now he said that's a lie. I think. He said at the he said at minicamp he's he's closer to 170 he, he typically plays at 170 i think he was 162 for the combines who could run faster well i think the five the nines the thing i was questioning well, he might be five eight i yeah. think he was five oh eight oh at, at the combine i think yeah. he just made five eight that's fine oh no right right tyreek hill isn't the biggest guy in the world no but tyreek's bigger than him and yeah he's probably is. 20 pounds heavier than him is he faster than him yeah i don't think i've ever seen by him a fat. lot in, I'm talking about in pads yeah. on game day. We haven't seen that I would yet. never pick anyone over Tyreek. Anyone? Anyone. I'll bet, I'll, I'll bet Deion Sanders was faster. He's a name I was thinking of. <laughs> Moss was a name I was thinking of. Because those fly. long striders don't look the same. Yeah. Tyreek's scary, though. Woodson can run. You know, He was a 4-2 guy when he, was, mm-hmm. when he came out, which was legit. Yeah, yeah, and played that way. Yeah. But he was also big. I mean, he's a, he's a lot bigger yeah, than well, Deion. He was way bigger. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he uh, was a safety. I mean, Austin has... You know, rare speed, though, and rare acceleration. And I, I, I wouldn't have said this is the fastest offense the last couple of years. It has not been. No. You know, I mean, Juju's out there. He's mm-hmm. uh, James Washington. They were all 4-5 guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not slow, but there wasn't. De- Deontay's a 4-5-ish guy. Including Najee. Yeah. I mean, including Ben, including Juju. I mean, like, they weren't the fastest skill group out there. Now they got some speed. Yeah, I think Pickens runs really well, too. Yeah, especially I, on the field, I ball think in he, hand. I you think know. he was like four four seven, coming off the knee injury. Coming off the knee injury, I'll right? Bet he's a lot faster. That's the thing about him now, right now. Yeah, he's a year removed from a knee injury, and, and yes. zigzagging his way through defenses and stuff. Like you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. I wonder what his forty was as a true freshman and all that stuff too. And you know, that's the way he plays now. And that's that's uh, to me that that's what you're really getting. You know, you're yeah. getting a first round player. Yeah, I think you are. It's it's kind of the the Stefan Tuitt situation. Right, right, right. You bought yeah. it at a discount because yeah. everyone wasn't quite sure at a really deep position. So a lot of ties were probably broken in the yeah, other we'll guy's the favor. Guy. We'll take the healthy guy. We'll take, take the, I just know more about him. Yeah. I, mean, I don't want to get fired because this guy's not healthy. You know, right. Yeah. But if you a little more job security falls to you, you take him. Boy, if he actually does work out like a first-round draft pick. I think he is. I think that's the way I view him. Yeah. Um, that. That's a game changer. Because that's what the Steelers got in that 2014 draft. They took Shazier, mm-hmm. and then they took two in the second round. It's like almost and like having two, two. Right, right, right. And this year, they might not get a thing out of their first-round pick. Yeah. I mean, that's very possible, and in a way, that's what you want. So if you get a first-rounder, first-round talent in the second round that helps you know, your, your other first down the line or Trubisky, I, I, the Pickens pick is real high on my list. Uh, those The two receivers are my favorite picks they made. And there was some buzz on Leal, especially early in the process, mm-hmm. that he was a potential first Oh, yeah. On the, uh, all the way too early mock drafts, yeah. he was like a top 10 pick. Yeah. Fa- yeah the, 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 and those are the, hit and miss. The but, stuff so. from, from two years ago when they were, com- were coming out of yeah. the draft, Pickens and Leal were both first-round guys. Yeah, in, in every draft. And, and know, even in when the, draft, 20, when the draft process started, Leal was still considered a – 
a potential first-round mm-hmm. pick. Yeah, yeah. Rest, there was some stuff that had him as the number one defensive tackle. Yeah, 100%. And then things kind of changed. He didn't run as well as the other guys. And I mean, he Georgia didn't have a guys, bad year. Yeah. I mean, I've even made it sound like, wow, he really fell off. <laughs> I, I think he's a true tweener. Yeah. And tweener used to be a terrible word. Now it's a uh, uh, positionless football. It's a good word. But in his case, where does he line up? I mean, he has to have a home first, and I don't know where his home is exactly for most teams. No, I don't know either. But I think you figure that out. And again, you're, yeah. it's much when you're taking him in the third round. That's a much different conversation. Much different conversation. If yeah. he's a sub package only guy, or we'll figure it out once he gets here, type of situation. Okay. Right? Yeah. yeah. They had room for another defense, defensive lineman, and we'll take a talent. Yeah, if he one. becomes a, a four or five hundred snap a game guy, yeah, as, as a third round guy, that's fine. As a first round guy. Probably not so much. But as Coach says, I mean, when in doubt, I'll take a pedigree guy. Yeah. Yeah, that <laughs> seems to be what, they, what they've been living on here. Their second and third round pick and more pedigree than their first round pick. Sort of. In a way. I mean, in just the college career-wise. Yeah. I mean, I mean five-star recruits. We're talking about the guy who was a third, third in the Heisman voting <laughs> last year. Like, right, he, has, right, right, like right. he has no pedigree. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's a one-year. I mean, people didn't know who Pickett was three years ago. They knew who yeah. these guys I were. I mean, people in Pittsburgh did, but mm-hmm. not. Right, right, right. Necessarily he wasn't on the top of the list. Wasn't on the, the NFL radar like he was mm-hmm. after last year. Neither was Joe Burrow. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Neither was Kyler Murray, for that matter. Baker. A lot yeah. of these first overall picks lately have not been. Wentz, Goff, you know. Yeah, so it's, it does change. That's why, you know, when you look at those, uh, you know, the early drafts and all that stuff, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's a good place to start, but don't stop there. No, right. And everyone talking about, well, next year's quarterback draft's much better. It sure looks that way. I mean, I bet right a quarterback now, as goes, we sit here in, right. in July. I mean, I'll bet my bottom dollar a quarterback is picked before 20 next year. But you probably don't know. multiple. Yeah. yeah, probably. Yeah, but you can't count on that. I mean, you look at, uh, I'm sure Kevin and those guys have paid attention to future drafts at that position, but you can't just bank on it like, well, next year's better. We'll get our guy then. Spencer Rattler. Yeah. It doesn't mean there's 32 of them yeah. and you're still going to get one. The, you kid know. That the kids is at Pitt this year. Uh, the transfer right. from Slovis, USC. right? Slovis, yeah, he was a new those guys. Spencer Rattler and Slovis in in, in, in two years ago were like, they okay, were the these will, these guys will be the top two draft picks mm-hmm. when they come out. Nope, neither one of them's even at the same college, right? Now. And maybe they redeem their careers and they get back into it. Who knows? Well, but. that's the other thing about this. And, and you worked in the college game. I wanted to ask you this: like this transfer portal stuff. I don't understand it very well, <laughs> and it makes me feel old. And I frankly just hate it. Yeah. I mean, because I looked at it through. I recruited this kid. He read shirts. You know, you have this big long-term five-year plan for him or even a four-year plan. You invested so much, and then he gets a little glory after finally seeing the field, and he says, I'm out of here. Especially for, for me, that's the quarterback position. Like, these guys, if they're not starting within two years, they're transferring somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And I went through that Flacco situation, I, I and get I it. get that to go down a level. But do I want a guy who doesn't want to fight? Right, right, right. Like, you just give up after you – okay, mm-hmm. they've, they've decided they're going to go with this guy. Well, I'm going to transfer then. Mm-hmm. Let's just, that's, that's just this year. That's not the best character you don't trait want to, I've ever yeah, heard, right. You don't want to come back, you know, something happen. He struggles a couple games, and, and all of a sudden they go to you. And, yeah. Because we've seen that happen. So I think that's how Mason Rudolph broke into the lineup. At yeah. Oklahoma, at or Oklahoma Tua. State. You know what I mean? Or Hurt, Tua. I mean, Hurts yeah. was kind of a star at that point. Yeah. Had a national championship game. You know, yeah, right? nobody was benched. So, yeah. <laughs> you're right, you're right. Tua, so it does happen. Yeah, if Tua would have went to Middle Tennessee State, he would have been the fifth pick in the draft or third pick in the draft or whatever he was, you know? Yeah, and I right. get it. There's, some, there's again, some athletic arrogance there. I'm, mm-hmm. I've been using that word a lot this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Athletic arrogance. But it, it, it always comes into play. It does. That these guys think they're the best. And, okay, it's not going to work out for me here. I'll go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Somebody else will – 
somebody else will let me. And I do have a. I do understand their side of things too. Is I shouldn't be locked in here and have no freedom whatsoever. This is a free country. I should well, be able to do little, what I want. We got a little tussle here. Somebody yeah. First one of the year, I think. Right. Uh, Mason Cole got into some yesterday. This is this is stretching out a little. Somebody's bit jumping over the pile to try to clock someone in the head. What do we got going here? Got a whole bunch of offensive linemen. I think one of the defensive linemen got knocked down or one of the linebackers got knocked down and somebody did not appreciate that. <laughs> Wasn't thrilled with that situation. Yeah. But if you're the offensive lineman, you're trying to establish something here. I was <laughs> – I thought this was the first, you know, scuffle of the year. And then, and then you said Mason Cole got in when I thought in the back of my head, I'm like, good. <laughs> well, that's what <laughs> yeah, you know, right, right. Uh, I know Chris Hallecky, uh, who, who works with us at DK Pittsburgh yeah, Sports. Yeah. Went over and talked to Cole about that yesterday after the after the practice because I guess there was there was an interception and he thought the defense was celebrating it just a little bit too much. Good. So he went over and kind of give him a little yelled at let him know about it. Yeah, and kind of pushing and shoving about it. And he said, "Hey, stuff's going to happen out here. Temper's going to flare out. It's not a big deal, but you know, we're we we got some pride here too. We're trying to we're stand up for my guys." I mean, I'm not saying it's a prison situation where you should go find the toughest guy and try to beat up Cam Hayward in, in week one. Well, there's, that's a, that brings you to Cam, Cam, that brings you to Cam <laughs> Hayward, right? Who, who essentially, but fought, he was the new puppy, yeah. Fought every offensive lineman on this team <laughs> as a rookie. Yeah, like Cam's now the elder statesman on this team. He's the it's leader. Easy to forget this, that version yeah, of Cam, right? That, that young puppy version of Cam running around out here fighting everybody in sight. And there was a pretty good D line in front of him at that point too. You know, I mean, he wasn't he wasn't the first pick in the draft, counted on to come in and light the world on fire. He wasn't Joe Green, you know. I mean, he was a late first, and yeah, he. Uh, I, I loved hearing that about Cole. He's new. I'm not just going to be passive and oh, this is the Steeler way. I'll be quiet. And, yeah. No, go over and assert yourself. You yeah, know? I'm a I'm a tough guy too. Right, right. right. <laughs> don't 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 you know? Uh, don't be celebrating in front of us. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, I don't. I didn't quite see who was in that. It just turned into a big scrum. I did see them picking one of the. It looked like an outside linebacker up off the ground. Somebody was helping him up off the ground, and then things got a little. Well, yeah, that's fine crazy by me. There real quick, but uh, yeah. So we'll see. Uh, what, we'll get the details on that one for you. We will as things come out here. But uh, we're going to take another break. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. The Steelers just wrapping up practice. That was the final play of practice from the looks of it um, as they uh, finish up day three here. The sun is now shining at St. Vincent College. The fans are all lining along the uh, the, the uh, pathway up to the dorms or up to the uh, locker room over there. So uh, that wraps it up. That's going to wrap up hour two. We'll be back with hour three right after this. Black and gold football lives here 24-7. You're listening to SNR.